favorite song that the worship band does is that last, or that next to last song, I Raise the Hallelujah. That, that's a cool song. But don't, uh, I like it for a lot of reasons, but don't, don't miss the words in that song. I, 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 uh, saw it and then I, I Googled it real quick just so I'd get it right. It has the phrase that says, up from the ashes, hope will arise, death is defeated, the king is alive. I know we, uh, right now have a lot of people that are right in the middle of it. There's a lot of people in our church, uh, in our uh, family that are going through some struggles that are right in the, the middle of it. Um, and and so, so remember those words, hope will arise, the king is alive. I, uh, I watched my grandma, my sweet dear grandma, I watched my grandma beat my grandfather. Not... Not just once, but but several times. I watched her beat my grandfather with a broom. She would she would circle him and beat him with a broom. Now, unless you got the wrong idea, she didn't hurt him. Uh, she was sweeping him off. My, my grandpa would come in from, uh, and particularly it was harvesting beans and the old combine, the old. Alice Chammer, a case combine, I guess it was, that they had, was an open cab, didn't have the cab on it, and so he'd come in from, from combining beans, and he would be covered from head to toe in this dust, and before she would let him in the house, he would stand on the back porch and take a broom and literally, uh, well, it looked like he was, she was beating him, but just sweeping him off. So, so let me ask the question this morning, do you need a beating? Uh, now, now, I don't mean physically, I don't mean verbally, I don't even really mean spiritually, uh, but are there things in your life that you need to get rid of, that need to be swept away, that need to be removed from your lives? Just just like my grandma circling my grandpa, uh, getting rid of the filth and, and removing that from uh, from his overalls, we all have, have some of the filth of the world that on occasion collects on us and <laughs> that maybe we need to get rid of. So... So let's look in, in this morning in James chapter 1. Now, now this should be easy. What, what we see him talk about here when you get to it uh, and read these verses, your, your, your first thought was, uh, might, might be, well, this, this is going to be easy. This is an easy text. But, but let's see what he has to say for us. Every Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 1. We're studying the book of James and will be for the next several weeks. I encourage you to be reading the book of James. I, I've challenged you over the last couple of weeks to sit down a chapter a day. Well, won't take but just a couple minutes, uh, or 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 if you set aside ten minutes, you can read the whole book uh, every single day. Five short chapters that are that are rich and full of important stuff for us. But let's look this morning at at three verses, nineteen through twenty one. Uh, let me read those for you, my dear brothers. Take note of this, my dear brothers. Take note of this. Listen up. Watch what's going on here. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. And slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, therefore, get rid of all the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you that can save you. Uh, I, I want you to notice here in James chapter 1 verse 19 that there appears to be a change. We see the change. There's a change in thought. There's a change in the direction that this text takes. If he were, if he were at the church, if he was there in person preaching the sermon to them, 
I, I think when he got to this place, he would have said something like, now, now, now let me, let me shift directions. Let me finish this thought and go on to the next thought. Because it's like, it, it's as if he just changes completely. It's like he says, now listen up. Now listen up. I've talked about some other stuff, but now listen up. Before he's been speaking to their reality, he's been speaking to what was going on, on in their life. The reality, or that rea- rea- reality included trials and temptations. Two weeks ago, we talked about the trials that they had faced. In part, the, the, the persecutions that they were going through had caused them to have to flee literally for their lives. And they were facing a lot of junk in their life. And, and, on, uh, and in the midst of that, James had told them, count it joy, consider it joy when you have these trials. And it had to be, had to be a confusing thing for them to hear. And then right on the heels of that, he talks about temptation. And we pointed out last week, probably the temptation that they had was to step away from their faith. Wow, all this garbage is going on. They had to be thinking, man, I just want to, I want to turn my back on Jesus. I want to go back to my old life. I don't want this pressure and this difficulty and this hardship. And that had to be the temptation that, that they were facing. Uh, and, and he said, when it happens, don't blame God. It's not from God. God doesn't send that our, our way. Uh, it actually comes from us for desires our own appetites and now we see james changing direction but he's still speaking to reality he's speaking to a reality that they were living in and it really doesn't take a whole lot of insight it doesn't take a whole lot of intelligence or biblical wisdom to figure out that even though they were committed christians even even though they had given up a lot for the sake of Christ, and and let me just interject here, I, I have I have the utmost respect for these believers that James was writing to. So even in the midst of uh, of some of the stuff that we'll talk about over the next weeks that that they were struggling with, man, I, I just have I have so much respect for for these believers because they had given up so much. They had they had fleed fled for their lives but they had had clung to their faith they 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 had given up so much but their their faith remained intact they had endured tremendous difficulty but they were staying strong i applied applaud their tenacity but even in the midst of that even though even though these guys were these believers were strong in their faith even in the midst of that Apparently, they had a problem in their church with unity. These believers were struggling with, with getting along. They were struggling with making things fit together correctly. We know that because we see James talk about it later on in the book. In chapter 3, James speaks, speaks about controlling or at least trying to control our tongue. In verse 9 of chapter 3, he says, With the tongue we praise our Lord, Father, and with it we curse men who've been made in God's likeness. And in chapter 4, verse 1, he says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? So so I don't know, I don't know if knowing that is encouraging or discouraging. But way back in the first century, way back, way back when the church first started, churches that were filled with committed Christians and and these guys weren't Sunday Christians they they they, they weren't social Christians they they didn't show up just when nothing else was going on these were committed believing in Jesus sold out followers of Christ 
But they still struggled. They still struggled to get along. This this letter, the the letter uh, that James writes here, is a little bit unique uh, because it wasn't probably wasn't written to just one church. It, it wasn't like like he James was writing to to TCC and 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 he knew all of our specific problems and he's writing this letter just to us. This was probably written to a, a a number of different groups of believers, a number of different churches, but but James had a wisdom about churches. And this is what he knew about churches. Churches and believers, no matter how committed we are, tend to struggle. Tend to have those times when we butt our heads. So so what I want you to understand when we, when we look at this text, this this quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, angry it, it comes in the context of James writing to a church, to churches that were kind of struggling to get along. And, and James knew what that was like. Way back in the, in the very first church that he met in Jerusalem. I mean, this was right on the hills of Jesus going up to heaven, right on the hills of the, the day of Pentecost sermon where thousands became believers in Jesus. They all heard, heard their sermon in, in their own, just amazing stuff. Right in the middle of that, they had some issues. If you want to turn there after, Chapter six gives us a little bit, a little bit of insight in that. If you want to look there, Acts chapter six, verse one says this: In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews, so so the Grecian Jews uh, would would have been ones that 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 hadn't uh, hadn't known Jesus from the start, had been converted later on. Uh, among them, complained about the Hebraic Jews because of their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Now I want you to I want you to notice two things from from this text. So James would have been there. James was a leader in that early church in Jerusalem. James had been right in the middle of that. I want you to notice two things. The first of all, the church the church was growing. Right in the middle of the church growing, that they were adding to their number daily, and and not just one or two. I mean dozens and dozens there's more more than once it talks about thousands of conversions hundreds of conversions right in the middle of some great stuff going on the church was growing people were were being saved there was an excitement that that had to be permeating the fellowship lives were being changed if if you and i should have told you this if you have acts still open go back to acts chapter 4 Verses 32 to 35. Now, now I want you to catch this. He's talking about this early church. This is the church that, that's, that, that has this problem. Notice what they were doing. Chapter 4, verse 32. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. Man, they saw needs and they shared with needs. With great power, the, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and much grace was upon them all. There was no needy persons among them, for time, for, for from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had a need. So, so not only was the church growing, not only was there a great excitement. Don't miss this: lives were being changed. I mean, lives were being changed. People were like, "Man, there is a need." I've got this land I'm not doing anything with. I, I can sell it, and I can meet the needs of all these people. And So that's what was, lives were being turned upside down for Jesus. But right 
in the middle of that, when the church was at its purest, when it was at its absolute best, notice what happens. There was a complaint. Right in the middle of all this good church blowing up. And 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 these these believers over here complained about these believers over here. Now now what the early church did was they they appointed as first time deacons were appointed in the church. They appointed some deacons, the apostles did, to take care of the issue. Hey, you guys be in charge of making sure that everyone's taken care of correctly, because we have to be about preaching the gospel and changing lives and telling about uh, about Jesus. Now now now, I don't know who needs to hear this most, but let me just toss this out here. We can be saved. We can be saved on our way to sanctification, which means becoming like Jesus, becoming closer towards him. We can be saved on our way to sanctification and still struggle with sin. Maybe, church, we need... We need to hear that. We, we need to know that even in our body, we can be saved, we can be working on being like Jesus, and we can still mess up. Um, maybe, maybe we need to know that about other people. Uh, we, we need to know that other people can be saved and love Jesus. We, we need to know that our brothers and sisters in our church can be saved and love Jesus and still, can I say this, still be boneheads? They, they, they can still be jerks. They can still tick us off sometimes. Maybe we need to know this about our, our leaders. Uh, our, our leaders can be saved and, and trying to be like Jesus, but, but they're not perfect. Your, 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 your ministers, your, your, your elders, your deacons, your Sunday school teachers, man, they are not perfect and sometimes... Maybe oftentimes they will blow it. And maybe you need to know that about yourself, that you are capable of being wrong. Now, Acts doesn't tell us, Acts chapter 6, it doesn't tell us, was this complaint legit? It was really some bad stuff happening there. It, it doesn't tell us, was, was someone doing it on purpose, or was it just an oversight? Was it accidental? But we know that people got their feelings hurt, and, and there was complaining going on. And so some of you, if you're, really, if, you're really, uh, if you're really on it this morning, you're really paying attention, some of you might be asking, okay, what does this have to do with James? I thought we're, I thought we're doing a sermon on James here. What does Acts have to do with James? Uh, well, to get the picture of what we see in this text, to understand the context, to understand where James came from, what he realized about the church, and and, and can I be honest, what James realizes about our church uh, and, and the Baptist church and the Methodist church and, and the Catholic church and, and all the churches, and t- what, what James realizes about us is that we need to hear uh, some of this stuff. So, so now we see the charge. We see what he says to us next. So, so notice what he says. My brothers take note of this. So so that's kind of the shift, that's the change, that's, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going on to something different now, I've been talking about one reality, what you're dealing with, now I'm going to talk about the reality and, and make it a little bit more practical, hey guys, this is, this is where it applies to you, and this is what he says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, now, now this is practical, this is practical stuff, but can I go ahead and say this? 
And in doing so, I don't want to minimize the wisdom of James, and, and I don't want to impugn his inspiration here, and I don't want to, inc- to question the power of his teaching. But when he says we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, isn't that just kind of common sense stuff? I, 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 now, now, if this is the case, after the service, let me know. Pull me aside and say, hey, Tim, th- this was me. But I really doubt that there's anyone here this morning that maybe for the first time heard these verses from James, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. I, I doubt there's anyone here that heard that and said, wow, I never thought of that. Wow, I never knew that that would work. I never knew that I should do it that way. I doubt there's anyone here that say, why didn't my mom and dad tell me that? Why didn't, why didn't they teach that in school? Now, I know I went to public school, not a Christian school, but surely could have, they could have slipped that in and not mentioned that it was a Bible verse. I doubt there's anyone here this morning that, that is saying, I never thought of that. So, so James really isn't saying something that's earth-shattering here. He's not saying something that we never, th- never thought of before. But here's the deal. Even if it's obvious and it's simple and it's practical stuff that we are we already know, sometimes we need to hear even the obvious stuff. Let me let me illustrate this way. I I can't begin to count the number of times, and some of you parents, especially have parents of, of teenagers or kids that are that are driving, uh, will will understand this, and you'll you know you'll be with me on this. I, I can't begin to tell you. Uh, the number of times that Reed and I have said to one of our kids when they left the house, be careful. Did anyone else do that? When they, they walk out, you toss them the keys, be careful. And and you know what? Um, and, you're, and kids, teenagers, you're going to hear that often. Uh, you, you know what never happened? Brian's my oldest. He's the first one that we tossed the keys to. And, and as he headed out the door, yelled behind him, Brian, be careful. Because normally what the response to that was, okay, Dad, or I'm always careful, Dad, or or sometimes it just was a grunt of, uh, yeah, I heard you, but I know the eyes were rolling in the back of his head. And and, and, and they drove down the driveway slow and, and got around the corner before they, they, you know, took off. But Brian never, I, I never heard him or any of my other kids, I never heard them say to me, thank you, Dad. I never thought of that. Dad, you may have saved my life because I was going to be reckless. I was going to, I was going to drive a hundred miles an hour with my seatbelt off. I was going to be on my cell phone. Although, uh, when Brian first started driving, it was the bag phone, so the, you, you couldn't text on the bag phone. But, uh, but I thank you, Dad. I never thought that I should be careful. Pretty obvious stuff, isn't it? But, but, but let's get real. My kids didn't really understand that, didn't really take to heart that, that obvious instruction until, and I think it happened with all of them, uh, until one time they weren't. With Brian, it was probably his junior or senior year, we sent him with our two others, uh, well, I think all the kids, maybe Caleb wasn't in it, so our two or three other uh, of our children, uh, uh, along with some other friends, and, uh, other friends in our minivan, on a winter day, and it had snowed, and the roads were snow covered, and we sent him in our van to Kansas City to go to a movie. 
Rita's not here today. She's not feeling well. But if you're watching, honey, we did not get the Parent of the Year Award on that one. <laughs> what were we thinking? And I'm pretty sure when Brian went out the door, I, I was even more forceful on my encouragement to him, be careful. And about a half hour later, we got a phone call. I'm in the ditch. He had slid and uh, off the road and down the ditch. Luckily, someone came along, pulled him out, and they continued on the movie. But uh, driving, I'm sure, much more carefully than that. I remember a few years later, Crystal was getting ready to leave to go to work. She worked at Worlds of Fun one summer, and it just started raining. It was summer afternoon. It just started raining, and I said, and, and with Crystal, uh, you have to be very blunt and say it over and over again. And I definitely got the eye roll from her. But I said, Crystal, it, it'll be slick. When it first starts raining, and she looked at me like, you are ignorant, Dad. When it first starts raining is when it's the slickest because there's residue on the road and that water, it, it's like glass. It's, it's slick. I said, Crystal, be careful. It, it was about 45 minutes later, I get a phone call from Daryl Pierce. Um, Daryl said, she's fine but she wrapped her car around a tree. She slid off a road on a corner. I know she was driving too fast. She said she was driving 30, but I know she was driving 65. And slid in, hit the tree, was able to drive out of the ditch to Daryl Pierce's where she was freaking out. But uh, So, so I, think, I, I think James here is, isn't telling us something we don't already know. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to, that's... That's not brand new information. But boy, it's something we need to know and we need to hear, isn't it? See, really what he's saying is we need to listen more. And you can take this application, uh, and and we're actually not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. You, You can take this application and run several different ways with it. We need to listen more in our marriages. We need to listen more in our homes with our kids. We need to listen more in our workplace in our relationships, in our church, and certainly we need to listen more with God. This, this is not new information, but it's valuable. We need to talk less. Uh, you, you see how these two are tied together? Uh, the, the number one deterrent to listening more is talking too much. When we talk, we can't hear. It's hard to listen to someone when we're listening to ourselves talk. Last Wednesday night, we uh, had our first kicks. We had 62 kids here. Thanks for sending your kids. <laughs> Send us more. Uh, we had 62 kids, and, and I was in charge of games. We went outside, and we were going to do a simple thing, a, a water balloon toss. And, and we've done this before. A lot of these kids have done it before, and you acted like they'd never seen a water balloon and never seen the concept because I'm, 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 I think it's safe to say I'm yelling and I'm screaming at them, line up, one of you here, one of you there, hold the balloons, and and those kids are just, yes, your kids too, just yakking, 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 and talking the whole time. And, and I'm trying to get, and then I'd find two kids standing over here in our own little line like, what? Get in your line. Every, and and I'd, I would stand in the middle and yell one way. And there's, I mean, they, and they were kind of cute, but these, just, they're, and they're tossing a balloon. I'm like, no, don't throw the balloons yet. It's not time. And, 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 and finally they'd quiet down a little bit. I'd turn around, this group would be talking. I'd yell at them, and then they'd slow down this. Finally, I'd say, okay, throw the balloons. And, and we can't, when we're talking, when we're talking, we can't listen. So, so these two tie together pretty easy, don't they? Um, uh, listen more and, uh, and talk less. Uh, 
we struggle to listen uh, if we're more concerned about making our points made. But then, then James does something. Uh, it's almost like he changes gears here a little bit, but he doesn't because this is what he really wanted us to catch from this in the first place. James could have thrown these two out there. Listen, listen more, or be quick to listen uh, and slow to speak. Could have thrown that out there, let it stand by itself, and, 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 and that would have been valuable. That's something we need to hear, something we need to know. But if we understand the context where this is all coming from, uh, we, we catch it. We catch it when he says the next thing, uh, uh, and slow to become angry. Now, that doesn't necessarily seem to tie in with quick to listen, slow to speak. But, but he says slow to become angry, and, and then he, he kind of gives us the reason. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. So, so he wants us to step back wants us to step back from our anger. I, I've been actively involved in one way or another with six different churches in my life. Uh, I've either, either my home church, churches I've ministered with, or churches I've attended. And in every one of those churches, and all of them great churches, all of them full of people that love Jesus, that were seeking Him, all of them churches that were doing great things for the kingdom, uh, that that had servants' heart, every every one of them, but all six of those churches that I've been involved in, I could tell you stories of conflict. I could tell you stories of people who loved the Lord and served Him and served others, but but butted heads and and stormed out of church meetings and exchanged angry words and. And threw bitter barbs back and forth, uh, loving Christians at other loving Christians. I, I mentioned earlier that I don't know if it's encouraging or discouraging to to know that this goes all the way back to the very first church in Jerusalem. Uh, maybe it discourages me that that's that's the history of every church. Every church has that history in its dna and and that's discouragement maybe maybe i'm encouraged because you know what we 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 can make it through those times even if they come and they will we can make it through in part if we listen to what james has to say now now some of you might be thinking am i missing is is there some great friction going on in the church that i didn't know about Man, have, have I been away that many weeks that I and, and the church is about to fall apart? No, no. This was the next section in the scripture, and that's where I'm at. But but, but can I go ahead and tell you this? Uh, this church has had conflict before. I mean, I, I've heard some stories about it, but you're not different than any other church I've been involved with. And and can I go ahead and say this? We'll probably have conflict in the future. They did in Jerusalem. They did these. Who, who were committed as committed could be, uh, it, just, it just happens. But when that happens, let, let me just toss this out. Would you, take, would you take James chapter 1, verses 19 to 21, would you take these verses and stick them in your back pocket, and when that happens, because it'll happen sometime, it may be over the color of the carpet, or it may be over some real important issue. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it will happen. Will you take those verses out of your pocket and say, but, but what did James say? Did James tell us to quit talking and listen? 
Did James tell us to step back from our anger a little bit? And in fact, I'm going to go ahead and just toss this out and empower you to do this. If if I am the one that is talking too much uh, and listening, to, if I'm the one who's getting angry, I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and give you permission. I know you can talk to your kids about this later, and I apologize if I'm breaking a rule in your house, but I'm going to give you permission to say this to me. And it, it, it's okay, guys. They, I gave your parents permission to say this. If that's ever me, tell me to shut up. That's what James says. James says, be quiet and listen. So, so these verses, um, these verses are, are powerful. You know what? They work, they'll, they'll work tomorrow when you go to work. If you learn how to listen more and talk less and step back from anger, man, that'll help in your relationship at the job site. That's going to that's gonna help at home where, where things might be kind of falling apart and you're butting heads with your kids. It's, it's going to work there. It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work with friends. If you're having struggles with them, it, it will. But you know what? James, the context, James isn't talking those. He's talking to us at the church. He's telling church, hey, this is what you do. Because what happens then, it leads us to a choice. So let me look at that last verse, and we'll finish up here. And, and notice this. That this seems a little bit out of context again, but, but James is pointing out who the real problem person is in here. And he's, he's saying, you know what? If you take care of this, then these problems are going to go, go away. Verse 21, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you that's the choice are we going to are we going to make that choice my my grandpa could have said uh, could have said mary i'm hungry the always was coming home late in the evening it got dark and 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 she would hear his his truck pull up and so she would meet him on the back porch with the broom and she my, my grandpa could have said to her mary i'm hungry I, I don't want to do this. I just want to get in there and start eating because he knew that her mashed potatoes were uh, were on the table and her sweet corn was there, buttered, ready to go, and and a roast was was cooked and, re- and, and Mary, I'm just hungry, and uh, and, and so get out of my way. I'm going to eat. Now, Grandma Pie would have hit him upside the head with the broom, uh, but uh, but he never did that because it was you've got to get first of all, Frank, you've got to get rid of the the filth. You, you've got to take off the stuff that's, that's dirty. Because if you go in like you are, you're going to get bean dust all over, all over the kitchen, all over the table. Frank, when you take a, that's my grandpa's name if you're trying to figure out who Frank is. Uh, when you take a bite of corn and, and it gets up around your whiskers, you're going to get bean dust all over your corn. Truth is, grandpa wouldn't care, but grandpa didn't want that. It's going to fall off on the table and, and into the mashed potatoes. And so James gives us two practical points of application when we find ourselves in the middle of conflict. So you find yourself in conflict, do this. First of all, delete. Delete. Get rid of, get rid of the moral filth. The, the Greek word there has the idea of stripping off or discarding. Stripping off or discarding. There were a few times, uh, I, still, I still chuckle when I envision this, there were a few times that my grandpa was so bad that grandma would say to him, take them off. And he would unbuckle his overalls. My grandpa was a fairly large man, and so his overalls uh, were were big. And so he would unbuckle, flip the tabs up, and then they would just fall fall in a heap on the floor. And then she would say, "Unbutton it." 
and he would unbutton the shirt that he had on and take it off. And, and so I can remember my grandpa hobbling in with a cane because he walked with a cane with, with, with just a T-shirt and boxer shorts on. Now, I respect my grandpa, so I didn't laugh at him. But, well, I did. I just didn't let him see me laughing at him. But he would go in, wash up, and sit at the table. He didn't care. I'm going to eat my supper. But, but he got rid of. He, he stripped off. Uh, so, so James says we need to delete the stuff. I, I don't know what that is. In conflict, sometimes we need to delete the pride. We need to strip off the bullheadedness. We need to strip off the wrong motives. We need to strip off the anger, whatever it might be. But, but James here says, what, what he's saying is, is don't look at the other people and tell them what they need to do. What he's really saying is look at yourself and you get rid of the stuff that is wrong in your life. And we'll end this conflict. And, and, then, and, and then he tells us we need to download. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you. That can save you. Johnny, you guys can come on up. So we need to download the stuff that, that will change us, that will make a difference in our life. We need to humbly accept his word, his forgiveness, his, his, his gentleness, his his passion and come back. We need to put that in our life, and when we download that, we'll be changed. Before I was called here uh, to serve uh, at Troy, I, uh, I I worked for a company called Midwest Paint Equipment. I've talked to some about that. You know my story on, with that. And and uh, one of the jobs I I had uh, towards the end, actually, it was just before I came here. We 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 traveled to. Uh, Ace Hardware stores all over the Midwest. I mean, Oklahoma, Kansas, Iowa, Missouri. Um, we traveled all over to these Ace Hardware stores. And, and all we had to do was change one canister in a machine, a canister that had coloring in it. Uh, it. It was having problems, so we had to take the old out. We had to take it, get rid of it, get destroy it, throw it away, and put a new canister that had a beefed-up motor on it. Uh, so we would drop that in, put the coloring in, hook up the power to it. But before we could finish the job, the last thing we did is I would take a, out of my pocket, should have got the other stuff out of my pocket so I can find it. I didn't take my keys. There it is. I would take a flash drive out of my pocket. And, and I would plug it in the computer and I would, would find my flash drive, E drive, F drive, whatever. I don't know how it, how they explain later why it's EF or G or whatever. But I'd find that, that drive, I'd click on it, I'd find the machine I was working on, and I'd click on the, 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 the little file there. And as soon as I clicked on it, things started happening. Things started downloading, started coming in, and everything worked. Or at least it was supposed to. <laughs> Most of the times it did. So, so James says, delete the, the garbage. Look at yourself, get rid of stuff and download the word that's in your heart already. Put it into action. So, so he's not talking about new stuff here. This isn't, this isn't earth-shattering stuff. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. It's, it's not brand new stuff. We know this. But sometimes we need to hear the practical stuff over and over again so we can put it in our life. Would you bow with me as we pray? Father, we, we know that in the future, whether it's uh, in our homes or uh, in our workplace, in our neighborhood, 
or even here in the church, we're, we're going to run into conflict. It just, it's just our human nature. It's just a reality. And Father, we know that your word speaks directly to that. Father, help us have the wisdom to listen more. Help us uh, talk less. And, and Father, help us step back from anger so that we can remove from ourselves the things that would, would motivate us in the wrong ways and let your word speak to our heart. Father, we pray that these words, these verses will always be in our heart, will always be in the back of our minds uh, when we face these issues. In Jesus' name, amen.